Hello, hello. Welcome to the Porn Stars of People podcast. I'm Dan Frigolette. I'm here with Kendra James. Hello, hello. Thank you for uh, coming in. Thank you for doing this. Um, it turns out I'm 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 in a proximity, I'm a potential stalker proximity ah. apparently to where to where you are. You said you said I put in the GPS and it was like right here. Uh, yeah, you're uh, you're very close to my house. So it worked out randomly. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't give Good me any for more me. information. I got to sleep in today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I kept trying to push. I kept trying to push it up because I knew I was going to wake up and check out the uh, the sunrise. It's like the small things in life that I think we skip over. And I was like, I'm on the east. I'm going to be on the west coast uh, of Florida mm-hmm. uh, in the Gulf in the next like three days. So I was like, let me check out a couple sunrises. You have to go to the beach. You have to watch the sunrise. It's yeah. sort of mandatory. Yeah, it was cool. Right? It was cool. There's a lot of. Um, this is what I learned the last time I was in Fort Lauderdale. I forgot about this. Like, there's a lot of homelessness on the beach. Um, I suppose so. Yeah. Like somebody walked by yeah. and I was like, I was like cleaning up my feet and then all of a sudden I got like this like overwhelming smell and then I looked up and it was a dude and I was like, oh, that guy hasn't showered in months. Um, but I realized last time I was down here that if I was going to be homeless anywhere, I would pick here. This is not a bad place to be homeless. Yeah. I suppose. It's nice. It's warm. There's showers. There are showers. That's the hardest beach. part is, yeah. is finding a shower when you're homeless at, from what I understand. Right, like that's the part. That's the part that would upset me the most. Like the, I can figure out the living outdoors. I can make it like a thing where I'm like, look, it's like a social experience. Uh, my my uh, my blueprint is tiny now. Right, You're a uh, ghost. You get away from the from the possessions. But I would like to shower. I I, I think that would have to be a conscious decision on, <laughs> on your part, not yeah. necessarily oh, like, oh, one not... made for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's true. The, the choice to Do be so, You, you think a lot of people have have decided, have not been part of their decision to be homeless? No. I, think I, it's pro- I, I, I don't think many people have decided to be. And when you put in more thought like <laughs> yeah. you just yeah. did, yeah. <laughs> Too it much might thought. be a conscious decision yeah. to... Uh, I knew guys leave it all behind. I knew guys who who, yeah, just for financial security, uh, were still were working and then just didn't in New York City and they're trying to figure out to be a comedian and it's you know it it sucks, and so that that was their choice. They said I'm just going to be homeless. So they so they were like couch hopping for a while and then they would find and then they would surfing is a little different. And then they would find like little little places where they know they could put their stuff and like little places like little secret places nobody looks where they could sleep at night. Yeah, it's interesting. Here's here's what another buddy might say. The the interesting thing that he finds about seeing homeless dudes is they're always they're always like asleep by eight. Like as soon as the sun goes down, they're asleep. Pretty like much. they're yeah. getting like a solid yeah. nine hours. Yeah. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> I guess I so. Know. So yeah. Okay. So you were telling me <laughs> you what did you do with Ozzy Osbourne? Is oh, that what you told me? Um. So yeah. At one point, at one point in my life, I was working in the music industry and nice. toured with toured with uh, different bands. Yeah. And toured with Ozfest for like three years. What were you doing? Um, my husband and I do a freak show. Well, my husband, I should say, does a freak show. I, at that point, was a part of it. I okay. no am. Interesting. So which, we, which, what was your part? What was your role? Um, I swallowed swords. No. And I, I did guess. bullwhip tricks. Okay. And I wrestled on broken glass. Wow. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Wait, has any of this, and, and, and not, to, not to be insulting, I don't know your entire body of work, has any of this made it into the work? Um. Oh well, yeah. Bull whips. Okay. I learned how to do bull whips in the circus or in the freak show. Yeah. And now I I 
use that for videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so you're not doing you're not doing anything with broken glass or no, no. Or swords. No. There's no sword no, swallowing in the game. No, no sword swallowing. I actually <laughs> during one show I I cut my throat and got a little bit of an infection. Fuck. Decided I wouldn't be doing that hazards anymore. of the job. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, whenever I see those fun uh, type of perform, like I have a buddy who's a who's a street performer. He does like pogo stick, unicycle, lots mm-hmm. of backflips, and big whole, big thing. But he, but he can he can basically do it anywhere. Like he he just shows up with his truck, pulls his uh, unicycle out, makes a circle with ropes, and then figures yeah. out how to gather people. And there's just something like fun and 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 free about that. Uh, that that I that I wish I had. Like I need there needs to be a microphone, there needs to be lights, there needs to be a thing, a stage, people, seats, all the stuff. You need to control it for stand up comedy, because any little thing, any little distraction, and you lose the people. Yeah. So I envy those people that can figure out how to do. Yeah, when you're busking or when yeah. you're doing something um, a little less scripted, you yeah. have more leeway to fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what's cool is that he yeah, he's figured out a way to if he does make a mistake, he just he pretends like it's part of the bit. Yeah, it that gets he was incorporated like, into yeah, the show. That he was like supposed yeah. to fuck up. Cuz he's also he's also my age, he's getting older, so it's like I don't I think he's trying to figure out now into when he gets to 40 whether or not he's still going to be able to to physically do all the crazy things that he's doing and whether or not he needs to tone it back in his act. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, there's a there's a guy there's a guy named the Skinny German Juggler. I think he's like 50, and he does, and he and he gets on the the tall unicycle, and he does it, and he does a juggling act, and there's a little bit of aerobics or aero, aero, aerobatics, aromat, acrobatics, acrobatics. Yeah, that's probably the word. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my uh, oh, trust me, my husband's over 40, and yeah. he performs with a couple of people who have been around for so what's, quite some time. So what's his <laughs> what's his uh, uh, talent? Um, he sort of generally does freak show stuff, hammers nails up his nose, yeah. uh, puts a running power drill up his nose, Yeah, wow. puts his face in broken glass. Um, uh, we used to do a trick where he would put his face in broken glass and I would, uh, smash a cinder block on the back of his head wow. with a sledgehammer. So we That's crazy. had it a long time. There That's were crazy. Concussions. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> so all of this, all of this for the love of the game. So wait, he would get knocked out in front of people? Not knocked out, no. But he okay, so he would yeah, so he really would play it cool head. and then he'd go back and he'd be like, Listen, I've Oh my I've god, we had an incident in Canada a long time ago. We were on tour. Uh it was one of the Ozfest and he was emceeing things and um he uh we were on stage and had the cinder block on his head, his face is in broken glass, and I go to slam the cinder block with a sledgehammer and it didn't break. The sledgehammer bounced. Oh Jesus. So, of course, there's like thousands and thousands of people watching, and they start booing, and I'm like, wow, you know, uh-uh, uh-uh, there's no booing. Yeah. So, I readjust, and I hit the cinder block again, and it bounces again. Fuck. So, then I just got mad, and I started slamming oh, no. the sledgehammer on the cinder block over and over and over again, yeah. forgetting, of course, that there's a person head there. Yeah, under it. Wow. And finally one side broke and he pushed the other side off and said, drowning pool is next and like left. And I looked down and there's a pool of blood in the glass. Oh, no. Of course, I freaked out. Yeah. Like, getting stuff off the stage. And you can hear through the monitors like the, the sound guys are like, oh, my God, she's going to kill him. Oh, my God. OK. Wow. Someone take the sledgehammer from her. Wow. Like, ah. This motherfucker's going to break. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I found him 
backstage literally walking in circles with like a sheet of blood pouring down his face and oh that's crazy yeah and wait so (laughs) just just so i can visualize what it is how do you how where do you put the cinder block so that you're because he can't be in the middle of it yeah laying face down his face is in a bed of broken glass which is just so he's nose down bottles Yeah. yeah Um, on a flat surface with yeah. glass on it, yeah. and you just put and you just balance block, it on the back. Cinder block on the back of his head. He would hold it. Yeah. So he holds it two, two hands behind his head, mm-hmm. and you hit it dead center. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know the physics of how that is even yeah. possible. Now I want to see this show. Well, we don't do it anymore. Yeah, apparently not. Because yeah. Of that because yeah. There was a concussion. That'll do it. And lots of blood. And yeah. That'll that'll do yeah. it every time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. So that's the kind of thing he does or used to do. Yeah. It's a little and, toned down and. Okay, whatever, so he does. Like, he does less of it. Did he? Yeah. Did he find the? Because at some point in that in that kind of thing, does he have to find like the him replacement? Like he like there's like a guy who does the stuff that he the used to do that he puts in, right? No, he. Now he he tours with other people. Um, he tours with the Enigma, who uh, I don't know the tattooed blue tattooed puzzle piece guy. Oh, I don't know them. No, oh, it's one guy. Yeah. Enigma, oh no, I don't know. He, I know Enigma, the, the 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 band from like the nineties. Oh Do you no. remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I know them. No, Enigma <laughs> is uh, yeah tattooed head to toe blue puzzle piece. Oh, very cool. So they work together a lot, and then the Mexican Wolf Boy. Interesting. Um, I'm one. I wonder how there, much yeah. crossover there is between what what Wacky Chad does, and then and then what and then who you guys know. I wonder if it's the same circle. It is interesting. It's this whole this whole thing, magicians. Uh, like oh, well, buskers, what's that? Magicians are just Satan. <laughs> <laughs> well, magicians, uh, magicians and comedians sometimes run together because there was a lot of clubs in the eighties and nineties that were magic and comedy. The first club that I ever performed at was a magic and comedy club. So my buddy, me and my buddy, basically walked in. We were twenty, and we were like, "Let us in. We want to. We want to be those things." And we talked our way in, and we got to hang out. And then buskers get to hang out with with mm-hmm. sort of you know more of the the freak show people. So I wonder where yeah how thin that because I'm I'm so far removed from from the freak show crew, but I'm wondering how how close my buddy would be and how close a magician would be. I'm wondering I'm wondering I'm wondering how small only the circle so much, is. Yeah, only so much separation. That's what I found out yeah. about my industry and about your industry is it's 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 only like a couple hundred people, and it's like at a given period of time. And people that are in and they're out of it, if you hang in it long enough, you just get kind of veteran status mm-hmm. because you've been able to make it and be successful. Um, and then, you know, it's like you almost don't – when somebody's in or out of it, nobody – like nobody's nobody's like publicly quitting. That's what's crazy. Like comedians, they just stop doing comedy. They don't have to quit to anybody. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll hit up somebody who was, you know, uh, I don't know, influential in my in my porn viewing uh, adolescence, and they'd be like, "Oh, listen, I'm not in it anymore." And I know I'm like, I know I get it. That's why I'd love to interview you. I, you know, I want I want to get your take on everything. So it's an interesting, um, an interesting little circle of of people mm-hmm. that kind of control these these industries and how yeah. everybody knows each other. It's so that's small. it's small. Yeah. yeah, smaller than one would think. Yeah. Do you find so? Do you have people that you particularly hang out with uh, in this industry? Do you try to stay out of it when you're not, you know, doing the the work um, part? I mean, at this point, I sort of have my friends that I've had from the beginning. Yep. I I've been in the adult industry for a really long time, and the friends I made at the beginning are sort of the friends I have now. Yeah. And 
the adult industry is somewhat transient. So yeah, people come and go and you're like, oh, that girl was really cool. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, they try it and then they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. So it is somewhat transient. So I do find that my friends are the same. Yeah. That I've had. And then I have my uh, sort of vanilla friends, my normal yeah, what is that? Civilian. The civilians? Yeah, yeah. that's that's Civilian that was really funny. I can't remember whatever. who first used that used that so. word, but that because that's how comedians look at other people too. Because it's like we can have normal conversations with them, but then when you when comedians sit down, we go dark. Like me and my buddy Andrew Frank, we talked about suicide for like eight hours <laughs> one day in the car. <laughs> What's up with that, by the way? Yeah. Why, why are comedians why dark? Why are comedians dark? Because uh, we see. Well, this is well, this is how Drew the Michael cynicism? puts it. It's is we it? see the world for what it is. I think is what it oh is. Oh my god. So it's like, and and then we take everything and we kind of break it apart. One of my favorite things about comedians and and uh, guy Andrew Schultz in particular is, uh, we can argue like any side. Like part of sometimes part of it is like it doesn't matter like where we stand. We can see both ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and both sides are probably wrong. And so we can argue either side depending on what we think the other person is. Oh, yeah, we can you just have argue to it. play devil's advocate. Oh, you have so, to, yeah. You but have people to. get heated. I know. People get very <laughs> upset, and it's like, and it's like, oh, this is why people fist fight. Like you find out quickly yeah. when somebody gets angry with you. Uh, and I was like, no, I don't, I don't believe any of this stuff. I was just break, I was just breaking no, things you can apart. Argue a point. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. argue a point based on. Yeah, well, based on the silly yeah. things that they're saying that right. they're emotional about. Right. But then I found, I did find out recently that. Uh, I'm not great at arguing, but I I am I'm I'm good at like seeing all viewpoints. But uh, but I was arguing with somebody who's fantastic at arguing, and they like that's what they do for a living. They're they're like a a powerful lawyer, and it and it became an emotional thing because they kept bringing in things from their life and trying to apply it to the things that I was saying, and so it got so far removed that basically it was almost as if I came in said that her experiences were bullshit. Uh, and that they didn't mean anything, which is not never what I said, but because right, she kept right, she right. kept. So what you do, what you do to argue well is to break something apart into as many pieces as possible and then find a really specific piece, bring it mm-hmm. back in and then just argue the shit out of it and then bring in your own personal experiences right. so that the person can't they they can't say, no, you didn't feel that because you're like, no, I was there. I felt right, that. Right. And and I, it got it got to it got out of control. And I, and I didn't know I didn't know how that it wasn't an argument. That you could just stop. And so then I just had to keep kind of keep going, and it just kept getting worse. <laughs> it was so bad; it was awful. It like the night started was like we were having like a fun time. It could it was like fun, flirty, and then at the end of the night was like it was almost like I don't know if I'm ever going to see this person leave. again. Yeah, it By was the like way you yeah, need it to was leave. it was almost that. Yeah, <laughs> it was awful. I'm not I'm not good. I'm not good. But I feel like I feel I just feel like I got out I got outsmarted. I got out uh, I got outwitted uh, from a, from an argument standpoint. Well, are you a good arguer? I like to think I am, but probably not. No? Yeah. But I I do the same thing where I sort of can see all different sides yeah. and pick things apart and argue something even if it's not necessarily what I believe. Yeah. Because I can see that point. It's tough. So. It's tough when you got to keep rechecking it. So I, I was having the argument about um, this one actually got emotional, too. This was about how people on the dating sites are putting this thing where they said, if you voted for Trump, please swipe left. I live in New York City. Everybody claims that they didn't vote for Trump. So around the election, it was, if you voted for Trump, please swipe left. And I and my whole thought process was, that's backwards. If somebody voted for Trump and you didn't vote for Trump, then you should be talking to that person and figuring out what the hell happened. Right. Comparing right. facts and right. figuring out wh- where you guys differ 
so that one or both of you can come out as a better person. So the, so I'm arguing at this point with this girl who I'm on a date with, and I had to keep reminding her, hey, I didn't vote for Trump. Just just let me let me just let me just reclarify. I did not vote for Trump. And we just kept going back and forth and it was it was that. It was almost like she got up and left. Like it was like that. It was that level of intensity. It was it was awful. It's people get really, really emotional yeah. about that and the whole political climate like people people are really emotionally invested in and there there are a lot of like secret trump supporters yeah whatever i mean i live in south florida yeah i live in florida (laughs) from what i understand about florida yeah if i drive in the wrong direction i could bump into a a confederate flag yes you can (laughs) there's a truck that drives by regularly with confederate flags no shit back yeah that's terrible but then we are in a liberal area Mm -hmm. so if you look at broward county miami dade like they are they're by and large like pretty liberal areas but you go outside of that and so yeah, it, it's it's a weird area, and then even within like the liberal areas, I feel like there were a lot of uh, people who probably supported Trump that didn't actually want to come out and say they yeah, did. Like yeah. I have a lot of friends who I'm like, you voted for Trump, didn't you? You're not going to tell me you did, <laughs> but I think you did. And then they're like, hey, did like, you want did you want some more pie? Yeah, <laughs> like people were really weird and secretive about it. Yeah, like, this is one. I don't of know. The there, most... it's very. They're very emotionally invested. It's one of the most contentious things I've experienced in my life uh, with with how people handled it, uh, and then yeah, it's it's very tough. It, it it goes back to that the that Dave Chappelle used to have a bit, and this is this is probably a twenty year old bit, but he had a bit about it was about white people, and it was about how. Uh, They'll tell you any secret. They'll tell you secrets about what they're doing in the bedroom with their wife, and then, uh, and then, and then if you ask them about who they voted for, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, oh. whoa, 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 Dave, Dave, hang on a second here." That went too far. <laughs> right. That went too so far. So I was fucking my wife in the ass. Like it was like that was very funny, but and it's and that's exactly where we're at. I don't. You know what? I, yeah, people. I and I have and I have met people who who openly are supporting Trump, but they but they haven't really. Yeah, I don't know that they that they've really overly admitted to voting for Trump. But it's like, so now it's like, because now we can all kind of hide behind the fact, look, he's in, so let's talk about it. Right. Um, right. And comedians love him because he's a, he's a fucking, he, he's like a freak a show. Mine. Yeah, he's a, he's a walking, <laughs> it's like, it, on the one hand, it's like, you don't have, there's, n- there's nothing that you can really write because he's already doing it. You're just like, you're just like, look at what he's doing and you, you know, you don't change anything. But then at the same time, it's just like from the entertainment value standpoint, uh, it's just, it's just an interesting time to be alive. <laughs> An interesting time to be alive. Interesting time to be alive. So do you have any of those things? Do you have a thing that you would argue uh, to the end of time that you actually have a, a dog in the fight that you feel about? Do you have a cause? Do you have a thing? I don't. Sadly, I'm not, I don't, really, I'm not I, really passionate No, I don't think it's sad. I think it's like I, that. I, I think, kind of sort of float along through life. And yeah. I don't know. I had hippie parents. Yeah. No, I don't think it's sad at all. I think it's like that. I think, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a greater understanding of life's experiences that you, there's going to be, there's two sides to every coin. Every part of you that you think is a certain way, even in the extreme, you have the exact opposite thing right there to run up behind it. So every time you make a declarative statement, you realize in your mind that like, oh, I only do that, you know, 60% of the time and then there's the other 40 so not having that thing makes you less full of shit I think I hope so <laughs> I hope so I don't know I and life is constantly changing the things that I believed 20 years ago aren't necessarily the things I believe now so 
I am realizing that. I'm like, well, can I definitively say that this is what I think and this is what I believe? Yeah. I can only, yeah, sort of. So, yeah. Are yeah. you in the moment? I I have the. I, th- this is the thing. This is the thing that I guess comes with with age, and it, it's like I have these little moments every once in a while. Where do you have any? Do you have any experience where you you were in a situation and you believed a thing so much that you like almost made a scene about it, and then it's like a thing that you look back on just privately are embarrassed about. Oh yeah, of course, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I don't have any specific examples, unfortunately. Absolutely. But, but no, I, I mean I can remember because okay, so I grew up in Berkeley. Yeah. Full of wing nuts and crazy people and wing nuts. I like wing that. Nuts. Yeah, that's <laughs> I like what we that. called them in Berkeley. <laughs> I like that. That's great. Um, full of wing nuts, and they were, and there were tons of interesting people. Um, like there, there was a guy. One of my favorite wing nuts um, was a guy who used to be a physics professor at UC Berkeley, okay. and I just sort of lost his shit. Yeah. Day. And you would see him walking around. He was always scribbling in a notebook, always writing things down. Yeah. It's always like weird formulas. And He's probably a genius. Yeah. And and finally, one day, that's what someone said. They were like, yeah, he used to be a physics professor. Yeah. He lost it. And everything that he's writing in the book is like genius level. Like you cannot even understand yeah. it because it's so beyond your comprehension. Like there were people like that where I grew up. And of course you had the religious crazies. And right. I remember being like 15 years old and having not grown up religious myself. Cause as I said, I, I hippie, hippie parents. parents. Yeah. Now so, is that a Berkeley thing? Cause that's the only other experience I had. I stayed in Berkeley. I stayed with hippie people. Is that, is that where they go? Is that probably, yeah, it's just, that's just the overwhelming <laughs> ideology of the, the area. Mecca, yeah. I don't know what it's like now. I haven't I haven't lived there in a long time, but growing up in the nineties and Berkeley, like, yeah. So my and everything parents is yeah, and everything is like oh, nature and touching and drugs and yeah, nature and touching and I don't, drugs. That's the best way I can put <laughs> that it. Was right? My childhood, right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember being like fourteen or fifteen years old and adamantly arguing with this man on a street corner. The physics guy, not the physics uh, guy. No, not the phys- the physics guy, but uh, one of the religious guys, one of the religious wing nuts, yeah. like one of the really passionate Jesus people. Yeah, you know, standing on a box and preaching to the rest of Telegraph Avenue. About he's preaching, and you decided and to I'd, walk I'd, up to him yes. and tell him he's wrong. Yes, the I'd, balls on you. I'd like fourteen, fifteen. Wow. I'm like, well, you know, what it says in the Bible is actually blah blah blah, and. Yeah, like getting into a yeah. really, really heated argument with this man wow. on a street At corner. 14. <laughs> on a street corner, yeah. And I look back and I'm like, really? I probably shouldn't have done that. Really? <laughs> like, was that was that at all necessary? Right. Yeah. He's like, gonna go on. He's gonna go on thinking what he's thinking, regardless. He does not give a shit. You're not gonna change <laughs> his opinion. Yeah. That's funny. I wonder. So this is interesting. I wonder how many people that were on that corner that saw that, ha- like, have that memory, just walking around, in, on, you know, on the planet. Just they just remember. Like, a bunch of people probably just didn't, didn't look at it, didn't think about it. I wonder how much of it, and I bet you that his <laughs> life has changed drastically and that he's no longer, a, as you say, a religious wingnut. I bet he's not. It's interesting because it's like it feels like to me from what I understand about people that are, that are maniacally religious, I don't know if that's an, a fair term, but... Uh, if they're raised in that situation, 
a lot of times when they're young, they'll through the whole thing, and then if it, there's sort of like a turning point at adolescence, maybe later, where they just like they renounce all of it because they were just so heavily in, doused in it. I this was this was a grown man. This yeah. was a man in his twenties or thirties, and I think at that point, and maybe not, but I think at that point, like you're you're pretty well because then dedicated but then there's to... the other but then there's the other end of the coin where where i think uh, a lot of people just grow up doing whatever and then they find religion later on in life either due to some kind of trauma or just they're right. lost or whatever and then they and then they become maniacally right. religious and then it's because it's almost like their their journey has been they've been found for whatever this ideology is so then they need to there's just something about religion that makes people feel like they need to to like impart it on other people yeah like th- that's the most aggressive one. Like people that like I think that think they figured out other ideas, whether it be yoga, food. Um, I don't know why those are the things. Uh, you know, uh, some other kind of uh, it's what experience. People attached to becoming vegan or yeah. finding uh, some sort of physical activity, yeah. exercise. Yeah, Buddha, to whatever. Find their center. Yeah. yeah, and so I, those people are less. It's 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 less like necessary in the scripture of all of that to like go make other people be it. Like you can be right. a vegan without other people, but religion it's an organized thing. You need other people. You need to share it. You need to force it. Right. <laughs> so that's interesting. So do you have one of those things? Do you have anything? Do you have like a life ideology that's life ideology. that holds you together? Well, no, I I don't know. I don't know that I do. I sort of. Um, yeah, sort of treat people the way that I want to be treated. Yeah, and sort of just. Uh, I think that's solid. Being a good person and being honest. And yeah, that's honesty. Oddly <laughs> enough, I don't know. oddly like, enough, no. Is there I, any sort of other no, ideology? No, that I think you're. I think I you're. Adhere to. No, I think you're great. I think honesty is uh, a thing that not a lot of people would would even think is an ideology, and not a lot of people think is important. But for me, that's that's kind of, kind of the basis of. That's my whole life. As soon as somebody people. lies to me at any level of my life, whether whether it be whether it be business or personal or anything, I'm just basically like, okay, that person's not not in it anymore. Like they're not in the circle. Like they're out. Pretty much one any one stupid lie, um, and that's kind of the end for me. Because it's like I just don't understand. Like why bother? I just like why bother lying. Yeah, I just I don't, know. I don't understand the the notion of it. I don't understand why people lie. I mean, I guess I understand why people lie, but there's like there's, that's just like an an, an inherent uh, displeasure with your life. Like I don't lie because I got nothing to hide. Because like I'm ba- I'm per- and I'm kind of like diary of the mouth. Like I just I say too much a lot of times. <laughs> you are a comedian, right? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Diarrhea of the mouth sort of goes along. Yeah, well, but <laughs> but with comedy, a lot of times there's there's this weird family aspect where people don't bring their their family to the shows, right? So it's almost like it's like, and it's I was talking with with, uh, with somebody yesterday about the there's there's uh, about outing and porn, whether or not you 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 come out to your parents or you, or you keep it a secret. And comedy has it's not on the level, but it has a little bit of that it's a little fine line notion where it's like, yeah, you don't you know you don't talk about your dick in front of your grandma, but it's like. If it's your act and you're proud of it, then then you should be able to bring your family into that into that situation. You should be. I I am one of the people who is not out to my family yeah. about what I do. Um, do you think they know? I think they know. Yeah. I think they know. Um, I just never found it necessary to 
be so upfront as yeah. to say, hey, mom, guess what I did today? Right. Like, I, I, I don't think it would necessarily be appropriate, and I don't think it it's necessary for our relationship. Yeah. But... I'm almost. I'm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. My well, family knows. It's and interesting because the because that's almost like a specifics uh, conversation because like because there's so many levels of of your industry that it's like, I mean, when so you know when when you're an accountant, you're just like, oh, I'm an accountant, and that's right. kind of the end of it. Right. And it almost feels like for your industry, it's like there would be so many more questions uh, right. if you told somebody they're like, well, which kind. What's the thing? You know what I mean? It's right. like, and People I think that's where it gets weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. There are more, more areas, more, more details. More, yeah. Yeah. There's, there are different ends of the spectrum. And, and know, I think everybody mom, pretends mom like. on the model. That's <laughs> 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 well, and I think there's different ends of the spectrum. And I think, and I think people pretend, especially for, for sexuality, people pretend like there's a difference just because they don't like a thing. They think that the other thing is, is somehow uh, not right or, or, or more further because it's what they would do. But that's, you know, that's not a fair comparison because that's just, that's just taking your own experience. Like, I don't right. like what that guy likes. And I, but I can't, shouldn't have to be able to judge that guy. But for some reason, with sexuality, we think that we can judge that guy for liking something right, different right. than us. So I think that's the hardest part for people in your industry with the family aspect is is that maybe it's not okay if you do this, right? It's not okay right. if you do this, right? Well, it's based on your comfort level and it's based on your experience and right. it's based on, and it should be about yeah. what you're comfortable with, right? So, so that is interesting. You know, yeah. So it's like if you're a clean comedian, if you're a, if you're a preschool comedian, you could tell your parents. But it, you know, if you're George Carlin, preschool don't, don't comedian. Yeah, there's I don't know. There's people. <laughs> oh, apparently there's different levels of comedy. I well, wasn't I, aware of. So I did. No, I did. A, I did a show not not uh, uh, two months ago. Uh, for yeah, for for children, we we had we were basically we were given like a day <laughs> slot, and I was like, let's just make it a kids show. And then I, a lot of comedians will say to me, they'll be like, oh, I can't do a kids show, and I and I was in that position. I think not that long ago and then I started realizing that a lot of times I'm, I'm putting words in there that don't need to be there that don't have anything to do with the content of the joke so I've come to this clarity that most of my material if I'm not talking about sex specifically can be clean you know um, and so that's that's sort of that's gotten me to an interesting place um, where where I feel I feel comfortable more confident with with the material because it's like if, if I can make a kid laugh and an adult laugh with the same material, then basically that's that's sort of like the the gold standard of a joke if it can work for all of the people. Because comedians get stuck in this thing where they're like, "Oh, I got to find my audience," or "That's not what my audience likes," or "I'm this type of comedian." I, I just I think that's kind of horseshit. Isn't that entertainment in general though? You find your audience <clears throat> or you find your niche, and I think adult that's, performers, I, I I think sort of think the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, your audience is boy girl. Your audience is girl girl. Your audience is fetish, but it has to be the specific type of fetish. I mean, you kind of get yeah. pigeonholed into well, because like, yeah, your niche. well, because it is because it is a shitty business uh, entertainment in general. Because we're trying to we're not we're trying to f like have anything that we can attach to, and anybody who will care. And the more specific, this is how people have made it recently, is the more specific you can be well, in comedy and maybe in porn, the more specific you can be to a thing, then you can just corner that market. 
Right. And then you have a very discernible crowd. And then sort of it's like once you're in that that that, that niche or that niche, then it's almost like those people can't like go go back like they have it to closes they, you off to a broader but then but then they feel like they can support you through the other stuff yeah. right so it's like the i don't know the blue collar comedy tour whatever that was you know the 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 larry the cable guy and it's like then he but then he gets stuck in that character so it's it's bad for the performer uh but it it is it is one way to find a way to to stick out in the market but it's like i don't know i like do you want to be the 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 foot girl for you know what I mean for the rest of your life or the or the you know or the Christian comedian for the rest of your life it just be, it just becomes it becomes tough stagnant and boring yeah and it and it yeah and it minimizes artistry and that's that's the that's the hardest part of this whole thing it's trying to figure all of it out I still haven't yeah well and and, I, and again I I think you're at a point <laughs> a of clarity <laughs> I think you're at a point of clarity where Constant you're like search. none of this is anything. And we gotta we gotta keep striving. That's kind of what it is. The moment you kind of take a break, somebody else can kind of hop in your seat. Oh my god! Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that that is that is that thing the 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 quitting to nobody. You're only relevant if you're consistently creating. Yeah, you have to put yourself out there all the time. I remember working years and years ago, working in the music industry, and uh, we moved out of L.A. And I was like, oh, where'd all the work go? Yeah. Oh, look, that just happened. We were in this tiny little world. We thought everything was 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 based about music. And then we get out of here and there's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Had to go back to L.A. Had to like continue traveling there and, you know, talking to those people and hanging out with those people and yeah, hanging out in that little group. Because once you leave, once you separate yourself. Where's the work go? Yeah, <laughs> so. shoot, I'll I'll leave New York for three. Yeah. Be- I'm, I've been I'll be down here for three weeks. I'll I'll go back and people are like, yo, you moved to Florida, bro, and I'm like, no, dude. It's been like three weeks. <laughs> Come on. You're at Albany now? No, I mean I played one weekend at one club. Yeah. You know, yeah. I do find I do I do find it interesting. I, I've actually had that experience in Florida where it's almost like there's it almost feels like there's no work down here for comedians. It's I mean you were telling me ten minutes ago that. The the club, the main club that I just had assumed was still open, it was the thing, and and I'm not in with them, so I didn't try to reach out to them. They just they they closed in January. Yeah. So there's been yeah. no comedy club in Fort Lauderdale for uh, ten months. No. Which is crazy. You can go an hour south. I think there's something in Miami, but that's that's basically it. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale is sort of weird that way. It's um, well, I think all of South Florida is sort of weird that way. There's a lot going on, but at the same time, nothing. Yeah going on it really depends on what you want to do yeah and as far as live music goes or comedy or yeah just certain certain things like you really have to search it out you really have to search out shows being a resident from here if if you want to do something how crazy is it to plan to just to go to miami to plan miami's close but it's like an hour it's like an hour yeah, with traffic, an yeah. hour without traffic, you're looking at thirty minutes. Yeah. It's not that I've far. I've never seen it without traffic. Oh well. And I've gone and this I've gone true. I've this gone a couple true. different times a day, right? <laughs> Everybody loves to do that thing where they're like, No, dude, it's twenty minutes, I'm twenty yeah, minutes away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then in practice it's an hour and a half. It's LA is the same way. LA is yeah. the same way. Because, like when I'm in LA, I stay in North Hollywood and to get into Hollywood, which is literally It's a couple miles. Five miles. Yeah. Five miles. Yeah. It can take forty five minutes. Right. Like, are are you for real? I'm I'm sitting 
on the freeway. Yeah. Like, I might as well be in a parking lot. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. I don't. I never understand how that much traffic happens and how the cities, like, can't respond to it. Traffic there, here, a couple of the places that we've been, um, I think through Philly and St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, Philly, Boston, it seems like you're adding hours and hours onto your thing. It's like New York doesn't even feel like it's that, like it takes that long to get places because you can just. I guess it's because I don't you drive. Walk, I just hop on, yeah, yeah hop you on, hop the, on thing. the subway. It's a little um, different. There's no public transportation. Yeah, there. And until you get to Miami, and there's like the uh, the people mover. Whatever. There's something it's like a little little subway that goes. There's some uh, above metro. train yeah. that I was gonna take a couple years ago. I was in Miami, and I and I had to be in West Palm, and something happened, and 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 I didn't have I didn't rent a car or anything down here, and and the person who was supposed to drive me just basically canceled last minute. So I was like trying to figure out if I could if I could take that thing up, and people were just like, dude, nobody really takes that. Like, there's no like consistent schedule. We oh, don't really know if this gonna. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. tri rail. Yeah, the tri rail. Um, I have taken it to the airport a couple sure. of times. Um, I don't think it's consistent. Yeah. And yeah. I, and it was another one of those things where it's like West Palm's an hour from Miami. Well, an hour and a half. It's yeah. 90 miles, actually, I think. Um, so it could take, you know, two hours, two and a half hours if, in, in situations. But this thing, it was like another one of those things where it was like based on scheduling, mm-hmm. missing it, based on when the show was, it was like it would have been like a like a 10 hour up and back because of everything that you're combining. So um, but so you answer my question. People who live in Lauderdale look at Miami like it is part of the same city. If there's a big thing going on, you go there. Like, it's not a huge... Like, you don't have to make a huge plan to go see the heat. You're just like, oh, we're going to the heat. Yeah, you don't... You don't have to make a big deal out of it. It's really not that far. Yeah. So, traffic is a pain in the ass, and then, like, you're looking at... You know, you're you're not going to be getting wasted going down there. Yeah. Then you have to drive You gotta come back, yeah. So... If there were better public transportation, that would be more of an option. Yeah, Uber's not. So are you yell- are you are you, like- are you yelling at the city right now? Listen, <laughs> get your I'm shit like, together. I want to drink. Miami, goddamn it! I like to drink. I'm a responsible. Lot. <laughs> I don't want. I want to drink and not drive. No, get I mean, your shit I, together. I actually like if I know I'm going to be drinking heavily, I stay with friends down there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, but it's yeah, it's not a big deal to go down. Yeah, it's a it it it, it does seem culturally very different in Miami yes. than it does up here, yes. um, to say the least. I don't know. I I think this is one of the places I've I've and I've been here. I, I want to say four or five times I've been here to visit family and whatnot. I don't think I've figured it out yet. Like sometimes you go to a city, you figure it out. Like I went to Oklahoma City, figured it out. Uh, I kind of know what happens in Springfield, St. Louis. Here, I still have no idea. There's weird little pockets. Yeah. Yeah, there's weird little. And I haven't found like, the pocket just to uh, to join. When <laughs> I when I first moved here, I ended up at I don't know what I was doing, but I ended up at some weird little redneck bar. Okay. And it was in like the first six months that I had lived here, and there was like. I don't know, something like this 22-year-old daughter is sitting on her mom's lap and, like, her mom is feeding her shots. And <laughs> she's like, my daughter ain't got no panties on right now. I'm like, what, what, what's going Sorry, on? Sorry, what was the name I'm, of this I'm place? Really I would like to go. <laughs> I'm so confused right now. And that's the impression that I had yeah. of here for right. the longest time. I was like, okay, so Fort Lauderdale is just kind of this, this weird hic- little. hickey, pantyless like, place. <laughs> Weird little redneck spot. Yeah. I think I'll take my happy ass back to California right, for yeah. a while. Interesting. So, but then, yeah, I mean, that was 10 years ago or something when yeah. I first moved here. 
Um, I wonder whatever happened to that girl. <laughs> I don't even know. She'll be but my age now. That's actually the I should I should look her up. Oh my god! <laughs> but now there are little pockets, and there are definitely like a lot of different types of people here yeah. and different things to do. You said you're happy little aspect of California. So so, so that's just about <laughs> you that the, the you that you view yourself as a happy person, which is great. Do you th- what do you think happiness overall is in Florida? Because what everybody loves about California is that the sun's always shining. It's always good weather, uh, you know, and, and well, there's that. Well, it depends on where you are. Because in San Francisco, part of the reason I moved was Oh, it's cloudy. It it's basically cloudy London. Yeah. yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. So where do people so, find their happiness in the Bay Area? In the Bay Area. The Bay Area. I don't even know anymore. And then, and then, you, and, and then, then here what's for the me spectrum? The beach. Here for me. Just go to the beach. Yeah, the beach. You get some happiness. Um, I yeah, and I have an, a really nice circle of friends here who enjoy the same things that I do. Yeah. So we do happy hour a lot. Um, I have a friend who is getting her sommelier's license or certificate right now. What is that? Uh, wine. She's learning oh, about oh, wine. sommelier. Sorry. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, she she's becoming a sommelier. Oh, so that's cool. She's constantly having wine tasting. Yeah. She always brings me bottles of is wine. She, we do a lot of dinner. Is she doing like a like so. a speech about? She's like, oh, and she's like telling you about the wine, giving you the tones. Yeah. Is she annoying yet? <laughs> she is she has she gotten too far? Or is it still she, fun because well, it's new? Well, we had we had a dinner party at her house a couple of months ago over the summer, and of course we're like, oh, barbecue, yeah. hang out, dinner. Yeah. Oh no. She sat us all down. There's like 12 to 15 of us. Yeah. And like sat us all down and handed us forms that we needed to fill out. No shit. That included the notes of the wine, the body, if it was acidic. So dry. it was a test. Like, Wait a second. I thought we were just drinking. Yeah, this is a test. <laughs> so now it's a test for you. Yeah. Oh, that's like, crazy. Does, does this mean did she give you the little did she give you the little nuggets to like uh, cleanse the palate or whatever? Did you, did you get a little? No, sp- did you get to no, drink it, or did you have to spit it back into the? No, into the but it, we were just getting sips. <laughs> they were very small sips of each wine. So, so no barbecue. Oh, and then of course it degenerated. Are you kidding me? Of course, of course it yeah, degenerated. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what wine goes through. best with like barbecued ribs. Like that's kind of what I need to know. <laughs> that's the most important Maybe part. Maybe a, a cabernet, <laughs> a full-bodied <Yeah>. red. <laughs> I never knew, I remember, so I still don't know a lot about why. I worked in restaurants a bunch of years, but I remember uh, we were going to do this comedy campsite thing, so a bunch of comedians go out to this thing, and I was like, I don't know why, sometimes I get these little pockets of like what I want to drink, what I don't want to drink, and I was like, I'm just going to bring wine to this campsite. And so in my head, I was like going through this thing, I was like, what kind of wine goes good with campfires? What goes good with s'mores, you know? I settled on Merlot, and nobody else wanted to drink it, so I drank a bottle of Merlot as like a 24-year-old by myself and woke up with the worst headache. Yeah. I'll remember that yeah. one for a long time oh yeah that was my first that was my first like real hangover i've never been a huge drinker that was my first real hangover so what did you learn from this lady uh in in your in your class which was supposed to be (laughs) a drinking session my my friend um i still have not learned very much because i kind of zone out yeah like it all sort of tastes the same to me yeah whether it's sweeter or drier yeah more bitter like I don't taste the apricot. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, there's always can't, there's always can't the taste thing. The blackberry. <laughs> I, good I for you. You can you can discern I different flavors. I forgot what movie somebody they do. It was one of these scenes where like uh, <laughs> where they're like uh, yeah, it was a th- <laughs> they were like they're like cherry yeah yeah cheese no no I don't taste the cheese in there. Uh, but yeah, they're like this, and there's like this nutty, like this little so of like, of like a, a, a pumpernickel, and you're like, what, dude? No, really? No, 
Is your palate that advanced? And if it is, good what's for that good you. for? Yeah, what's that good for? <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's funny. But yeah, so there are there are little pockets, and you find your people. It's like any city. So it just happens that there are different, many different yeah. types of pockets and people here. That's what I learned. The, I learned the most is that America's pretty pretty america everywhere you go like it's like even even when there's an extreme like there's you know whatever the whatever the extreme is on one end again then then a confederate flag truck drives by it's like that's oh. that's what our country is <laughs> it really is it's like you'll be you know you'll be at this vegan barbecued you know wine tasting and talking about life and you know and then yeah and then a big trump Banner goes, yeah, yeah. This is like Billy Bob drives by. Yeah, there's, 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 there's so many of us, and we have so many different things. But all right, well, listen. How do people find you on the web? Uh, do you want them to follow you, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Twitter? Oh my God! What are your things? All the different social medias. Yeah, oh. Pinterest, uh, classmates. dot com. Oh my God! Yeah, uh, there what you else? Go. Tumblr. <laughs> um, everything is pretty much the same. Kendra James. KendraJames.com. Nice. Twitter is KendraJames13. What's the 13 uh, signify? The only because somebody else took Kendra James. Now, did you go through the... Who, th- by the way, has not used their... She's not even using it? No. That's the worst. In like 12 years. Somebody like, bought really. Hoboken Comedy Festival oh. before I invented the Hoboken Comedy Festival, and they still have the site, and like I... Nothing. It's, I've been doing it for 10 years now, yeah. so I'm like, just just give me the site. Like, let's just... Uh, so there's a Kendra James out there who's on, not using her account. She might have died. Right? I actually... We I, should feel I bad I for her. I wrote to Twitter and was like, hey, this account has been inactive. Really? They never answered Oh, me. wow. Yeah, Twitter doesn't care that much. <laughs> no. The, they uh, plus, yeah, plus they got other worries, apparently, now that they, they, might, they may or may not exist in a little while. Wait, so here's the big question. When you get to 13, do you go, do you go one, and then no, two? Like, did you try all of them, or you went straight to 13? 13, of so, course. So why is 13... Important. Lucky number thirteen. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, it's a tattoo number yeah. too, which I don't. It doesn't look like you have any no. tattoos. No, no tattoos. No so, tattoos. Kendra James thirteen is Twitter. Is Twitter. Everything else is, I think, Kendra James. Kendra yeah. James. KendraJames.com. Check her out. Yeah. Follow her stuff. I found this out recently. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know this. So, like, when uh, when you go to those, when you go to the sites where the content is free, there's no, there's no commerce. Somebody was I was getting yelled at by somebody because they were because I basically I'm not spending the money. So basically, this is my pitch for them to go and spend money on your site and pay for your uh, pay, pay for, for your, your, board. Ma- for your material. Pay for your porn. <laughs> because pay to see me naked, I think a lot of us it. I think a lot of us really do think that when we go to those sites and get a little preview things or whatever, that there's some commerce to that, that there may be some advertising spin to it or something like that. But apparently there's nope. not. That's all ripped stuff. And I didn't know that. So I'm gonna I, yeah. Well, I also I. Fucking twenty years in this industry, and I haven't kept up with technology. So yeah, yeah. Well, every I yeah, that's the problem. Is every day myself, and yeah. I there's so many ways to monetize things now, and I just kind of and you don't have it. Yeah, I'm like meh. Yeah, I, is it worth the time little, to do it? Right, made my little niche, and I can't keep up with the Snapchat shit. Yeah, like, yeah. The private Snapchat is huge right now. Private <laughs> Snapchat is huge right now. The thing where it's like the text. That like the text conversation that, yeah. that might turn sexual is, is huge right now. Yeah, from what I understand, like the Sex Panther, Chat Star, Dream Lover, yeah. whatever. Cam stuff I'm is huge them. right now. Yeah, I think I'm on them, but I like to 
I like to make the movies I want to make <laughs> right. and make the content I want to make. And, and then do there. something else and the then, rest of the week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go have fun and do other things. Not have so. to be just tied down to your Snapchat and I, your texting I, all no. the time. Yeah. No. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I like to have a life outside of this. And this was a means to be able to enjoy life. To live life when the way it, you want to really, live it. Yeah, came down to it. It's yeah. like, how can I make money doing what I enjoy? Yeah. Hmm. I think this is it. This is the thing. This will allow me to travel and experience other things in life. Yeah. Then somehow you get tethered to your phone. And I'm like, wait, I'm not, I'm not enjoying. I'm not enjoying the life part. Yeah. This morning. Rest of it. Yeah. I had this thing. I went, I went and I looked at the sunrise and then I started worrying about uh, Snapchatting it and all and, 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 and tweeting it and all those things. And then, and then I looked up and it changed and it changed colors. And I was like, you dumb idiot. You just missed the whole thing. So, yeah. We get stuck in this world. Well, so check her out. Check out all the things. Uh, wherever you found us on the web, whether it be Google Play, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, directly from SoundCloud, or the website Porn Stars or People, we're on the other things. So you can check it out Check it out there as well. Um, what else is going on? Uh, check out Kendra James. Follow her. Uh, my name is Dan Frigel. I'm a comedian. I'm going to be performing in Florida for a couple of days, and then, uh, and then I'll be in the Midwest in December. So check out my dates. Uh, we're going to try to keep bringing you good content as much as we can. Uh, we're going to try to make our way to Exotica, New Jersey in November and try to interview uh, some more people and give you guys some fun, interesting content. Thank you for listening. Thank you for co- being here. Thank you for having uh, me. Be safe, everyone. <laughs>